talking Suns basketball at the break. 33 and uh, 22 at the break, 27 games left, and here to talk about it with us, our Suns insider from ArizonaSports.com. Kellen Olson checks in on the Arizona Sports line. Kellen, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Hi, doing Kale. well. Uh, 55 games in the books. Go back to what your level of expectation was with this completely rebuilt team at the beginning of the season, and now that you've got a 55-game sample, how do those line up from what uh, as as you know what you've seen so far from the Suns team? Uh, not quite on target, Vince, but doing much better over the last whatever it is twenty five games. Right, mm-hmm. the uh, the mark since Christmas that they're on right now seventeen and nine. I want to say or nineteen and seven. It's one of those two numbers. It's it's the morning after all, you know, for for some of us <laughs> over is. here at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I I lined up with everyone during the beginning of the season, which I believe everyone should have been together with thinking that this team needs to win a championship, and they're just not quite there yet, but especially with the start that they got off to uh, about 20, 25 games into the season when they were a little bit under 500, and, and a lot of that had to do with health, of course, but with that being said, they do need to start to put some things together in the regular season. That's what we were saying at the time, and, and that's exactly what they've done, and now I think it's about molding and improving into the type of contender that they should be. I still think that if you're looking at the top teams uh, to look out for to win a championship this year, they're not amongst the first two, three, four, five teams that you mentioned, and we all thought that they would be there probably at this point in the season, and that's where they need to get to because of all these moves that they made. I know you've written about this, but go ahead and tell our listeners why you think Royce O'Neal might be sort of one of these really good trade deadline acquisitions for the Suns. Yeah, well, for one, Dan, you just watch the games and you're like, this is just a role player that they've been missing in in general. Uh, They've really just been missing a a supporting cast member like him coming off of the bench that plays exactly within his role, isn't going to try and do anything more than what he is great at on the floor. And that's the thing is he's he's really great at, at a few specific things that are perfect for the type of role that he has. And this is the type of guy where on the team that Brooklyn had this year, he's not exactly the greatest fit, but he's really a guy that's made to play alongside a superstar or, or three, to be honest. Like he's the perfect accentuating piece for a super team. And I think that we saw in that Kings game is that he's perfect for small ball as, as well. So if you want to go small, he's the type of guy that gets even better out there with what you're trying to do with how he can switch on defense. He can, handle some of the, the stronger matchups in the post, and then he can also guard uh, guards on the outside. We saw that with the time he's found the bonus and Fox in that game, and then he can knock down threes, make the open shot, make a drive if he needs to. Uh, this was a really great move for the Suns, and, and, I, and you'd like to think that they have aspirations beyond this year as well with what they gave up for him and the limited assets that they have. Kellen Olsen, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, another name in terms of additions, although it hasn't been made official yet, Thaddeus Young, after uh, getting bought out, joining, and we've been talking about the Thaddeus Young possibilities forever. He's uh, he's up there in years and experience. For those who don't know, describe what you believe Thaddeus Young can bring to this team, Kellen. Yeah, I think it's more to what I was talking about with Royce O'Neal, where it's more of a, a small ball fit than anything. I think Royce can more so play with any other lineup, but at this stage of his career, Thaddeus Young, who's someone who was a power forward 10 years ago with what the NBA was, but now he's a center. And especially at this point in his career, he's 35 years old. I think the things that he brings are things that he's always going to have, even if his foot speed and athleticism isn't once where it, where it was at this stage of his career. He's got really great hands for a defender. He's always been a guy who finds a way to get a couple of steals, a couple of blocks whenever he's out there. And he's always been 
a really smart passer and just a really smart player as, as it is. I think he's someone who, once you get a couple of practices in with him, he's going to fit in seamlessly with whatever you're trying to do on both ends of the floor because what the Suns do a lot on offense is they run some of their offense through use of Nurkic and his passing. That's something that you haven't really had from the backup big so far. So if you do want to play that young, that's something you can get. And then defensively, I think he's really going to fit in with what they do. They do switch quite a bit, and that's where he can factor in a lot more than than uh, any of the bigs on the roster right now. There are limited expectations here, of course. You're talking about a buyout guy mm. at the end of the day, but like a situational player. And then if he tends to be like a perfect fit for those small lineups, it's something that the Suns look to do more of here in the second half of the season, then I, then I think he could end up being an important player for them. From debating whether or not Royce O'Neal should be a member of the starting lineup to, to whether you go eight or nine deep in the postseason, I think kind of establishing a rotation is going to be fundamental over the back half of the season. What, what issues are at play here? What do you think maybe they're thinking about in terms of that heading into the postseason? I think that it's more of what I was um, alluding to there, Dan, and I think that there's a really interesting choice that they uh, – can either make or just sort of uh, not treat as one really, which is if they really do want to embrace small ball and go all the way. Now, if you look at all of the teams that you have to face in the Western Conference and maybe the team that comes out of the Eastern Conference, if you get that far, you've got size all over the map. But at the same time, you kind of have to take your team for what it is and find the best version of it. And I do wonder if the best version of this team is one that kind of embraces small ball where Yusuf Nurkic plays 20 to 35 minutes on any given night. And then those other minutes are filled in where no one is really the, the five. Like some nights it's Josh Okogi, some nights it's Royce O'Neal, some nights it's Kevin Durant. And then you just kind of go from there because those minutes have been sporadic and inconsistent behind use of Nurkic over the course of the season. And just seeing them embrace it in that Kings game the way that they did and seeing how the Warriors matchup went for them specifically. Uh, it was a two-game sample size to overreact to, sure. But I do look at the way the trade deadline lined up for them and the pieces that they were able to get on the buyout market too with O'Neal and with Young, and they both fit perfectly for that style of play and seeing how well they played with it. I do wonder if they embrace that more, maybe not a complete shift. Like I still still think they'll play a a traditional backup five in some matchups, but maybe they do more of it here in the last 20 to 30 games. I'm curious to see if they do. Kellen Olsen, uh, who covers the Suns for us at ArizonaSports.com, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. As we look at it now, again, 55 games in the books, and you said, uh, and I think we all feel it, this this wave of improvement um, you know, with, with consistency from the Suns. But as you view it, Kellen, the biggest I, issue plaguing the Suns in your mind that would prevent them from winning a title is what? I think that it's it's the continuity issues that we see extend to the fourth quarter. I mm-hmm. think once we're not talking about the fourth quarter, like it's this giant, huge problem, which it, it still kind of is, to be honest, because we haven't seen a good enough sample size of closely contested games in the fourth quarter within the last like three to four weeks that would lead us to believe that this issue is behind them. Once we can say that we're not incredibly worried about the fourth quarter for this team in the playoffs, I think that's when we can start to treat them as – the type of contender that they should be, because if you look at just their numbers across the other three quarters of the game, it's, it's certainly not a problem in any other issues of the game. That's when their turnover numbers really spike. That's when their lack of offensive movement really spikes. Those are really the two other things that we look at. I think defensively, they've been good enough, and, and that's all they needed to be. They don't need to be good. They don't need to be great. They just need to be solid, fine, even below average in some extent. That's fine, but I think the fourth quarters are the thing to watch. Once we stop 
you guys stop coming on the show and talking about just the fourth quarter for a segment, maybe, maybe they're rolling. We'll yeah. see. All right, lastly, uh, after the All-Star break is over, I think the Western Conference is going to be, well, it's going to be fun to watch. Warriors and Lakers trying to find that something to stay relevant. You've got the Mavericks and Clippers, who are certainly dangerous. You've got the Thunder and the T-Wolves, who have many skeptics based on their inexperience and youth. And, of course, you've got the Suns. What are some of the things that, that interest you about this race to the finish line in the West? Just keeping an eye on the Nuggets, Dan, because I think right now, even with some of the recent struggles they've had over the last couple of weeks, I think it's them and then everyone else in the Western Conference still. But are there more reasons to be skeptical of them that that pop out and crop out here over the next 20 to 30 games? Or are they still going to be looking stable enough for us to believe that we're not really taking any other team too seriously in the West besides them? But I'm with you. I think that this is the type of year, just like last year, where you're convincing yourself that seven, eight teams could come out of the West. Ultimately, I do think it's Denver and everyone else, but I have reasons to be optimistic about everyone, including the Suns. You talk about the Thunder, the Timberwolves, Mavericks, Clippers, uh, Pelicans. You can go on and on. Lakers, Warriors. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot brewing right now in the Western Conference, and the Suns have got to stay on their A game because if they slip up for a game or two, we could be having playing conversations. They can't have that a week or two, excuse me. Definitely. Kellen, thanks so much for the time. As always, we appreciate it, man.